You're about to listen to a segment of Sam Chan's Succession Transition event, which was hosted in late 2020. Sam organized this event to give leaders from around the world the chance to share their stories of effectively planning and transitioning their pastoral roles to a successor. Every pastor is a temporary. Are you prepared for your succession transition? Let's begin. The next uh, speakers are together in the same room, the predecessor and successor together in the same room. And I can see Pastor Dennis. Yeah, I can see Pastor Johnson. So kind of move the camera around a little bit here. Uh, so Pastor Dennis is the founder of Victory Church. Possibly, and I've traveled all over the world, so, but haven't seen everything, but possibly the most diverse church racially and ethnically on this planet in north part of Atlanta. So Pastor Dennis has transitioned to Pastor Johnson Bowie. So both of you in the same room, so take it away. Okay. Thank you, Sam. Uh, what a joy it is to be with all of you pastors and listening to you. It's just been, been rich and rewarding. Uh, as, as Sam just said, we have, uh, we're on the other side. We're on the back side of the transition. And um, we, we are really excited about what's happening in our church. But I just want to kind of give you a little bit of the process of what we went through. We, we started the church in 1990, been pastoring for 30 years. Started talking transition 10 years ago, uh, had a conversation with, with one of my mentors, John Maxwell, and he said something that stuck with me. He said, your transition is not just about the time, but it's about the person. And when you get the right person, uh, that's a sign to you that it's about time. And when, when we started the process, there were a few things that were in my heart that I wanted to see happen before we transitioned. Uh, one of the things was I saw the transition as a baton passing, like running in a race. And I felt like the Lord said to me, he said, when you're running a race, you want to hand the baton off at full speed. You don't want to hand it off when you're tired, when you're weary, when everything's going bad. You want to hand it off when you're at your peak, at your peak of running. And that's one of the hardest things I think leaders uh, have to negotiate with themselves is can I hand off something when I'm flourishing, when the church is flourishing, our church has a 30-year track record of never uh, plateauing and never declining, which is kind of unheard of in, in the church world. And we, we didn't want to leave at the time when it was really increasing, but we recognized that for our transition to go well, we had to hand it off when it was in, at full speed. The second thing is we wanted to have some years afterwards where we still had uh, ministry energy to offer back to the church from an apostolic perspective and not just uh, kind of retire off into the dark. We felt like this was the time where a grandfather figure can still be around the church to add value without necessarily being in all the meetings and all the, you know, doing all, making all the decisions, but behind the scenes coaching and mentoring uh, the leaders that were coming up from behind. The third one was I wanted uh, my successor to have a lead instead of playing catch up. And what I mean by that, I didn't want him to take over a debt ridden church, a church that was struggling financially. So we set a goal over 10 years ago to make sure all of our debt was paid when we handed that church off. And that's been over 60, $65 million of debt that was paid off. And so our, our church went into this transition debt free with many uh, millions of dollars in the bank, which was a really healthy way in case we had a, a slight downturn 
which sometimes happens in a transition for a few months. The second thing, I wanted to make sure we transitioned when our church was had a growing attendance, not leveling off, and uh, and that we had a really solid staff. And I think in that first, in that last year, as we started the transition process, we recognized that not only was my wife and I transitioning, but some of our executive uh, pastors were also in that age bracket where they were transitioning. And so we needed to be the ones to help make that an easy transition for our new incoming pastor. There were, uh, and then finally, we wanted to make sure that our church was going to reach the next generation, the emerging generations. And I think that's where a lot of pastors miss the boat because sometimes they, they kind of, they get comfortable with their generation and they forget what it takes to reach the next generation. And that sometimes just their very appearance puts a stumbling block uh, in front of the, er the emerging generations. And so we recognize, even though we still have a lot of energy, we don't feel like we look too old, but we wanted to make sure a younger leader was in there who had younger ideas, has a little bit more connection with the social media of the world and what, what it would take to meet, reach that next generation. Three important factors for the outgoing pastor. Number one, they have to have faith. Just like you had to have faith to start the church, you have to have faith to step aside and trust that God is able to uh, anoint your new leader. Uh, everything requires faith. Every great leader and mega church pastor has one common characteristic. They have the gift of faith. The second thing, uh, you have to have humility. And I think this is where, uh, you know, I had to really go through a broken process where my identity is not in the church. My identity is in Christ. And I have to be willing to allow somebody to take the place of being the face of a very thriving organization and step aside. And this is a lot harder than I thought it was in the last three and a half months since we've been on our sabbatical. We've had to let that sink in. And then thirdly, uh, this concept of love, when I mean by love, you have to love God's will more than your own will. You have to love people more than yourself. And you have to love the church more than your security. And those are the combining factors that have been kind of developing in us uh, since we've made this transition. And so far, it's gone well. So I'm going to let Johnson <laughs> take it from here. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you could just talk for another hour and a half, and that'd be great for me. But, um, you know, what what you're talking about right there is still being involved in the life of the church. And I know that that's that some some people on here who may be listening or listening to this in the future, maybe the succeeding or transitioning pastor isn't going to be involved in the life of the church. We wanted that and they wanted that. And so it was perfect um, because like he was just saying, kind of that grandparent sort of a role um, is huge. I mean, 30 plus years of ministry wisdom, being able to impart, uh, being able to to phase in in the preaching in our campuses and things like that. Um, and so I, what I'll do is I'll just kind of give a few logistical thoughts to maybe some of the guys on here who are the successors. Um, so one of the things that was big for us was starting to form a team while they were still here. So pre-transition, pre-August 16th is when we transitioned. So that was important for us to actually start forming the team that we were going to run with while they were still here without them being in the meeting. And what that is, what, what is important to communicate is that's not a knock on whoever the predecessor is. It's actually understanding is we're going to have to lead here in a few months without you in the room. 
And so we need to start being able to do that now when there's still a safety blanket of the founding pastor, the, the you know, the predecessor um, still around to be able to catch us uh, if we fall and when we fall. Um, somebody said it on here earlier, but I'd really encourage anybody stepping in to already plan out your first probably like two or three teaching series because it's amazing. You know, we transitioned on August 16th and I had to preach the 23rd. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Seven days later, I actually had to preach. So, um, you know, you can, you can, the danger is seeing the transition as the finish line when it really is like the start of, of the new season. So, um, one of the big thing, things that we did was working together to make some of the difficult um, changes inside the church before the transition. So we canceled the Saturday night service in the midst of COVID, some of the long-term staff members transitioned. Uh, that was important because the founding pastor has more change in his pocket than I do. And so I've had to use the change in my pocket for the elections. <laughs> I've had to use the change in my pocket trying to tell people to get back in the building. And if I had used it all to do some of these other things I would have had nothing to, to give, nothing to, to, to spend uh, in this next season. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice I got was from Whit George uh, with Willie George out there at Church on the Move in Oklahoma. And he said, man, you know, I know you're going to want to come in and hit home runs. Just hit some singles. Just be OK hitting some singles. And that was right at the time that I read something in the Old Testament talking about Saul. You know, the reason why ultimately Saul got rejected is because he didn't trust God's uh, confidence in him and God's call on him. So he felt like he had to go get some trophies to prove to everybody that he was the man. And so what that did, that actually led to him getting rejected. So be confident in the call that God has placed on your life. Don't feel like you have to hit a home run. Be who God called you to be. And really, the last thing I would say is this is to give honor where honor is due. And especially with them still being involved in the life of the church, that's, that's been, it's, it's, don't let anybody tell you it's not going to be attention. It is going to be attention, but it's, it's a God kissed tension and it's worth it. It's worth the conversations. It's worth the highs and the lows, and it's worth it for everything to be great out there for us. But for us to be going through some stuff behind the scenes, that's totally normal. It's totally fine. We were joking about it. Uh, we had a transition coach, not Sam, but we had a transition coach who, who helped us as much as he heard, as much as he heard us and we needed Sam. And now we're using <laughs> Sam. <laughs> so, so Sam, just send the 10% to us for, for all the referrals you'll get from this, but uh, honor publicly and honor privately and you know it's been said a lot on here but but if you honor um outwardly god will honor you uh as well so thank you sam